Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. It's Friday. You know what that means. If you want the weekend to happen, you got to come through me and Super D. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right. It's going to be enjoyable. We've got some great folks lined up for you in hour one and in our two special guests i'll tell you about it in a moment uh there's also good news that's happening around the world i think the it to say that the wheels are coming off the covid narrative is an understatement i don't know i i think it's literally on cinder blocks at this point and they're trying to pretend it's moving we'll get to that there's some good stuff happening here uh we have of course 10th amendment center michael bolden scheduled in hour two we haven't had him on in a while and he says he's going to show up which would be great. And we'll find out since he's in Los Angeles, if he can challenge the mayor to a breath holding contest, right? You know, you get your picture in LA, you got to hold your breath. If you're not wearing a mask, right? Super D. And uh, all right. And uh, first hour again, children's health defense, New York. What the heck is going on with the governor of New York bypassing the legislature on a quarantine type bill that could grab any of us. If we're in New York, Uh, John Gilmore and Tricia Lindsay scheduled an hour one. So let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Lighten up, it's Friday. It's That's it, we did it. We did it. Thank God it's Friday. All right, y'all, that means it is indeed almost the weekend, and I'm glad to be here with you once again for the cause of health, freedom, and healing liberty, particularly here in these United States where this show originates from, but also all around the world where we have an audience. Uh, uh, well, you know who you are on the U.K. side, U.K. Health Radio, and plenty of folks in Canada where we're standing up for you and praying for you and all the truckers there. See, sincerely, all you want is what? Bodily autonomy. The ability to have, uh, well, I could say no when you try to inject me with something. Oh, outrageous. How outrageous you people of planet Earth don't want to be injected indiscriminately with synthetic mRNA or other jabs against your will, much less in your children's bodies. Uh, There's good news on the horizon and happening right now. As I mentioned uh, before in the cold opening, Super Don, I think the wheels are coming off this COVID narrative so fast. I think it's up on cinder blocks at this point. 
I, I, I maybe I'm too <laughs> optimistic at this point. I'm not saying it's over. I'm just saying what's happening now, what we're witnessing is absolutely uh, the insanity coming to life for even the eyes that didn't want to see it, the ears that didn't want to hear it. And we've got evidence of that coming up in out of New York, uh, New York State as well momentarily. So uh, anyway, good news. You want to do the good news? Or you got any announcements before we jump into that? No announcements. So yeah, we've got uh, the good news here. Apparently, twelve countries. Uh, and I don't know. Is this uh, in addition to Israel or? It's hard to say. It could be thirteen. Baker's dozen. Remember, they can't I'm count sure. in the media. They don't count I'm very not well. Sure, but apparently, people are uh, beginning to roll back the COVID restrictions. Yeah. In Israel, you know, mm-hmm. we talked. We we actually talked quite a bit about Israel uh, over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, they're apparently scrapping their green pass as well, which was very controversial. Really, I mean, I, I guess it it, it 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 suddenly started making sense to not put stickers on Jewish people. <laughs> To identify them and whether they could get into places, right? In Israel, of all places. So, yes, yeah. uh, the Defender is reporting at Children's Health Defense. Twelve countries roll back COVID restrictions. Israel is scrapping the green pass. Sweden and Switzerland join Denmark, Norway, Finland, Ireland, the Netherlands, Italy, Lithuania, France, and the U.K. in announcing they will lift COVID restrictions and open up their countries. In the meantime, you've got New York. You've got California. You've got some crazy states in, in the United States that haven't figured this out. You've got Castro. Fidel Castro's is a kid or grandkid. What's that guy's name? Prime Minister of uh, Canada? Trudeau. Tr- oh, yeah, Trudeau. I always get Trudeau. confused. Is he a Castro or not? Not Castro. Certainly behaving Trudeau. like one. Uh, still yeah. saying that these uh, these truckers in Canada are obviously transphobic. I, I don't know. What does that mean? They don't like transcontinental highways? What does that mean, transphobic? You know, Trudeau's is throwing everything that he can at these truckers to right. try and make them look like a bunch of Nazis and right. and uh, white supremacists and, and uh, bigots and whatever. How could uh, he say that? I mean, everybody knows around the world Canadians are the nicest people on the planet. There there are no mean people no. in Canada. How could how could Trudeau be calling out people of Canada? That's just weird, isn't it? Strange. He's They're desperate. a threat. They're a threat to him. Yeah. Yeah. Desperate they are. He is. We'll be talking about that on Sunday, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're going to get a Canada update for Sunday's broadcast. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. The chat room is there. It's free. It's open to everybody. Just put a nickname in, whatever, and you are joining a great cadre of, of people that love health, freedom, and healing liberty that join us two hours a day, six days a week, or any fraction thereof. If you're watching on some of the social media networks that we haven't banned on yet, remember, they didn't ban Joe Rogan, but they banned me, RSB, on Spotify. I don't know what I said. What did I do? I don't know. Well, also, of course, YouTube. We were banned a while back on YouTube as well. But if you're in the right place, you know you are because this is where freedom is something that is in our blood. In fact, the lead the lead picture uh, in the show notes today is rather interesting. You sent me this, Super Don, and I just kind of had to put a little commentary on it. Uh, you look up at the top here, and it says, uh, freedom looks like this when given to you by government. And what is it? It's a tattered American, tattered American flag behind a, a, a basically a fence with barbed wire, razor wire. And, you know, my, my point that I made on uh, a few, let's say, uh, posts, I don't know if they'll get banned for being too, uh, too dangerous, is that freedom is not given nor granted. It is claimed and proclaimed. The power to be free is yours by virtue of your very existence. Wait for it to be given and you will wait for an eternity. Declare it and live accordingly. Right. And that's the other thing about putting it into action. It's one thing to say, hey, we're the freest. We're free. Right. Really? 
show me how you're living in, in your freedom as you are forced to wear masks or forced to subject yourself to medical experimentation, etc. And I'll tell you, you don't know the word freedom. You don't know the definition of the word. But then they alter the definition of words so much now, Super Don, that what do we know of words? Do they have real meaning, right? The idea that you're fully vaccinated, there is no such thing anymore. The CDC says you got to be up to date. That's the new way of saying it. And that will relate to our, our you know, story out of New York uh, when we're, when we're going to uh, welcome John Gilmore and Trisha Lindsay in, in just, just a couple of minutes here. Just, just stunning. And I, I came onto this planet in New York City, NYU Hospital. And I'm like, I'm glad my parents got us out when I was only six years of age. I'm just saying it. Now, for those of you who are there standing up and fighting for freedom, God bless you. We're, we're rooting for you. But there are a lot of people that are leaving at this point going, it's a lost cause. Is it? I don't know. But when you hear what they're doing at the gubernatorial level without an act of Congress or Senate within the state of New York, you're going to wonder, is there any option to have bodily autonomy in New York or to have a cough, a cold, or a sneeze without being up to date on whatever jabs they want to give you? So again, in the Children's Health Defense article, which is great news, uh, the number of, of countries that are rolling it back. Austria, I don't know if they're going to back down on their attempts to find Austrians who don't get jabbed $4,000 equivalent a month. Stopping people in the streets. Yes, investigating whether they've been jabbed. Yes. I mean, you talk about uh, you know the, the rise of the 4th, 5th, and 6th Reich in Austria. Show me your papers. You haven't been appropriately jabbed by the likes of Pfizer. Oh, by the way, the demon spawn of IG Farben, Nazi Germany, World War II. Dare I bring up those historical perspectives? Uh, according to Politico, the Swedish Public Health Agency says it had reassessed COVID as not being socially critical due to a better understanding of the Omicron variant, which is milder and associated with fewer hospitalizations. It's time to open up Sweden, they said. This is, the, this is where everybody's going to come to this conclusion and those that are fighting to maintain permanent states of emergency like Gavin Newsom, who holds his breath probably like the mayor of L.A. to get a picture without his mask at a football game. And claim, well, it's still an emergency because I can't hold my breath long enough, so I want you, to, you all to wear masks. I don't have to wear them, but you have to wear them. Denmark backing down. Uh uh, there's actually a, a Danish uh, director general of the health authority says, I do not believe in imposed vaccine mandates. It's a pharmaceutical intervention with possible side effects. You need as an authority to recognize that. I think if you push too much, you will have a reaction action generates reaction, especially with vaccines. Again, the Danish health authority common sense is coming back. It's amazing to see this happen. How far will they push it? How many countries will have outright rebellion. I mean, look at United Kingdom. I thought they would never open up, and Boris Johnson goes, oh, uh, everything's being removed. I think there was a little bit of a scandal there that instigated that. Now, let me introduce you to what's going on in New York, y'all, and we're going to bring our, our guests in for hour, hour one here. This is a, a kind of a throwback story about a quarantine uh, legislation, potentially. New York legislation provides for indefinite detention of unvaccinated at governor's whim. This was uh, written about back in December. There was a potential bill that had apparently started back in 2015 and every year they try to bring it back. The no action had been done on it. It wasn't popular enough, even in New York, in the communist state of New York. It wasn't popular enough. And so they backed off on this. This is bill a four one six. It was called. 
And then we have the pushback from a media called the Democrat and Chronicle saying that social media has it all wrong. New York lawmakers aren't voting to detain the unvaccinated. Well, even if that's true, maybe there's some other nefarious scheme that doesn't involve the legislature. And if so, let's bring in to start our discussion, John Gilmore and Tricia Lindsay. Let me unmute their microphones and welcome them both to the Robert Scott Bell Show. John and Tricia, welcome. Hey, Robert. How are you? Good to Hi, see Robert. you. Tricia, it's good mm-hmm. to see you as well. And we talked a little bit before going on to air, and you guys are working with Children's Health Defense. And uh, and, and Tricia, as an attorney, you, you know, I was as I was talking to John about this, I was like, this makes no sense. How does a governor issue an order that bypasses the legislature that could basically indefinitely detain somebody who they say is a threat based on what science validation that doesn't exist even today with COVID tests, et cetera. And I'm scratching my head and going, yeah, New York's kind of wacky, but that even goes farther than I ever thought it would, Tricia. Absolutely. Well, it's the way that our um, legislature and our system is set up, correct? Right. And it gives her these powers to be able to go behind, in essence, the legislature and pass a regulation that has the effect of law once it passes through the system that has been set up. So once it hits the registry, public comment has been made. Once that period passes, it now once that period goes, it passes and it now has the effect of law. And it's something that we can't challenge until there is some harm or damage. I, I got to ask you this because you're an attorney here. I, and, I, and I look at this and, 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 and John, you can chime on this as well. I'm thinking, all right, you've got, by the way, we have the link up. I think, Super Don, did you put the PDF link that, that people can open up so they can see it too? I, I'm going to open it up and show you this because this is not made up. This is like you'd think the Babylon Bee, right? Governor Hochul just does this. You, are you kidding? She did this? She says, based on public health demands, we are going to write something that the legislator will not vote on because it's so unpopular. And you're telling me, Trisha, as an attorney, that in order to file suit against this, first you have to go to jail and be held without evidence of actually being sick. They can just claim it. And then suddenly now you have a cause of action and you have standing. Is that right? Sounds bizarre, but yes, that is correct. Absolutely. It is correct. Unfortunately, unfortunately. And I, I welcome John to jump in and chime in. Yeah. John, historically, this sounds more like communist Russia or East Germany. Well, you, you're, you're exactly right. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the regulation that Governor Hochul is proposing is actually worse than the bill that got killed last month. Mm-hmm. Right. And once the bill was de- dead, um, you know, people were saying, see, there's, you know, nothing to be afraid of. Well, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this regulation comes um, that takes it even further than the, than the, the attempted legislation. In, in the legislation, they had some procedures in there where if you were detained um, after 90 days, you could file a petition to get out. And there was there was sort of some structure to it. What the governor proposing now is that basically anybody the state thinks is possibly infected with a communicable disease. That's worth repeating. Possibly infected. They can arrest you. Okay. And they can detain you. They can imprison you. And it's up to them to decide where you're going to be imprisoned and how long they're going to keep you. Um, the only way you get it out is if the Department of Health comes to the conclusion that you are no longer uh, a public health threat. 
This bill is so, I mean, this regulation, excuse me, it's an important difference. Yeah. This regulation is so broadly written that they could say anybody in the state who is unvaccinated could be detained and held until they think you're no longer uh, possibly a health threat. Because you got to remember, in New York right now, if, if you are unvaccinated, you cannot be a health care worker. If you are unvaccinated, you cannot work for the city of New York. They've been firing thousands and thousands of employees all over the state. So the state of New York, the city of New York thinks that if you are unvaccinated, you are dangerous. You cannot be you cannot be in the workplace working for the city. You can't be in any kind of health care. Mm-hmm. You can't even be working, you know, uh, remotely because you're such a danger. So I don't think it's un- unreasonable to think they could potentially go after unvaccinated people if Hochul thinks it's politically expedient for her to do so. Or any other Actually, governor after Hochul. Go ahead, Tricia. I think they're setting it up for that because this is what I've been speaking about for the past, I don't know how many months, and saying that the loophole in our constitution. So first of all, let's just be clear that her regulation is in violation of the constitution. It's in direct conflict to the constitution, right? We have the 14th Amendment, which says that we have a right to due process and we have a right to equal protection under and that equal protection cannot be taken from us unless there is due process. Huckle's regulation directly subverts due process. There is no due process. She is the due process. And the Department of Health is the, becomes the due process. As well as you have the Fourth Amendment, which, says, which protects citizens from unreasonable searches and seizures, right? Unless there, and even warrants. You can't even come to my home, into my home or come and search me unless there was a warrant founded on probable cause. Once again, her regulation subverts that, it goes around it. So her regulation is in direct conflict to that. However, the key to it is if she makes it a law. If she makes it a law that certain things that we have to have man, that we have to have be vaccinated, that we have to wear masks and so on and so forth. And if you break that law, the loophole in our constitution is now we've lost that freedom to determine what happens to our body. So that bodily autonomy is contingent upon the fact that you remain outside of the judicial system as a, as a a convicted criminal or even suspected. Tricia, have you, Yet challenged, and I don't mean on this alone, but anything in the past couple of years challenged health departments, their authority, much less their their rulings or findings, because I find them to be dumb as rocks when it comes to the science. It's embarrassing. Um, It is embarrassing. I'm doing it more so now than ever before. I've always come from a different standpoint, but they need to be challenged. They absolutely do. And not only the the health department, but the the, the medical licensing boards needs to be um, challenged. Everyone needs to be challenged at this point because when they say that you don't believe in the science and that's why we're going against the vaccines and the masks and things of that nature, it's all nonsense. Because if you look at the science and you read the science and you think about it, analyze it, the science says the vaccines serve no purpose. Most of the masks masks that they are requiring people to wear, they are ineffective, right, in essence. And so what is the point of it? So it's just bizarre, but you're right. The Department of Health, they're either either, um, dumb as ever (laughs) or they're very intentional with what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Hey, John Gilmore, Children's Health Defense New York. 
what are you guys doing as an organization up there to round up the troops and, and push on something that apparently, uh, uh, as Tricia says, you can't even sue on until they finally go, oh, let me let me put, John, you look like you're sick, and uh, we're going to mandate a test that's not valid, but we'll go ahead and put you away, and now suddenly you can sue. I mean, really, we're going to wait for that? Well, well, the first thing we're doing is is we're we're screaming from the rooftops to educate as many people about what's going on as possible. You know, through all the avenues we have, such as your show and our, our email lists and meetings and the media at our disposal. But one thing that it's it's you know this isn't going to come as a surprise to you, having it kicked off YouTube and other media you were talking about, is the corporate media is not picking up on this at all. You know, we've been making phone calls. We've been sending press releases. We've been spending out tons of information. And the New York Times, uh, the Daily News, they are just not picking up on this at all. And uh, given the scope of what we're talking about here, that that can't be an accident. I mean, they're clearly trying not to report on this. So, you know, as as with many other issues related to the whole COVID event here, where we're doing what we can to, uh, you know, first get the information out. Mm-hmm. And then direct people to to what they can do. And, uh, you know, what we need to do is I think we really need to lean on our legislators because we've talked to some of them who had they had no idea this was going on. There was no press release from the governor. No, nothing. They're doing this in the, you know, in the middle of the night, so to speak. And um, saying, well, if if a hokel could do this, uh what exactly do we need a legislature for? Because she is giving right. herself entire new powers. That's up to the legislature to do. Mm-hmm. It's not up to an executive. Mm-hmm. She is basically saying, I want this new power. I can't have it. I couldn't get a bill passed. So I'm going to give it to myself. And so we're asking people to talk to Andrea Stewart-Cousins, our Senate Majority Leader. Mm-hmm. We're asking people to call Carl Hasty, who is the Speaker of the Assembly, and their uh, state assembly members and their state senators and saying, what are you guys doing about this? I mean, hmm. they're basically stealing your job. They're totally ignoring your constitutional authority to make the law of the state. So uh, hopefully they're going to wake up and sort of assert their their duty as legislators to put the brakes on this. We'll, yeah, we'll see. But of course, we've seen people living in fear in the legislature, uh, particularly uh, within the Democratic Party at this point. Uh, almost 100% lockstep with these uh, these things. If we can't get it done in the legislature, they're actually cheerleading the executive branch to do what they can't get done in the legislature. Uh, Tricia, um, you know, over the last couple of years, the good thing that I've seen is I've been able to meet as a homeopath with medical people, and we're not fighting one another. They're now suddenly we're all open and discussing, hey, what can we do to help, right? What's working? What's not? There's some good side benefits to the rise of medical tyranny, finally, as the medical profession is seeing this. But are you also meeting with other attorneys, you know, putting your heads together and going strategically, are there other options we hadn't thought about as we're all talking to one another, trying to figure this thing out? That That's actually what's happening now, um, Robert, with put, putting together. And I was saying that needs to happen, right? Because I don't have all the answers. This is a fast moving train that we're all trying to, <laughs> you know, to, to, to stay on, on par with and or to slow it down. And so that's absolutely necessary. So, yes, we, I am meeting with other attorneys. We are putting our heads together, think tanks. And I think that's actually growing a little bit more because especially with what's happening now, this Hawkle has taken this up another notch, a, another few notches. And this is extremely serious. And if we don't get a handle on this, if we don't 
um, if we don't strategize and, and figure out how to tackle this, it, it's going to be a very different place. And, um, you know, everyone watches New York. You know, we're, they're watching New York and what happens in New York. It's coming to another state. It's going to happen in another state. It's happening in other countries. It's going to happen. And so we have to get ahead of this. Yeah, definitely. In the meantime, as we open the show and at least 12 countries and maybe more are now starting to reverse course, roll back. And yet it's like it's not getting to New York or California or places like that. And I, I look at tyrannical government, uh, what we call uh, compliance is consent to them. Right. They, they don't they don't look at consent in terms of uh, Nuremberg Code. They're like, oh, well, if they put their masks on. They're getting the jabs. Those that aren't are the pariah. They're the dangerous people. We now have to dehumanize them. This is where uh, the 20th century analogies or uh, discussions of history, the rise of Hitler in Germany, in Nazi Germany are apt. And, and, and it doesn't mean that we're there right now. It just means that we see the signs and others have seen the signs have warned us about where this is heading if we allow it to continue. So if we simply do not comply that could be the most powerful thing we can do beyond any governor executive order or even legislative action when the people go we've had it with this we're done i take it well go ahead john i'm sorry and then i'll follow no go ahead okay um well you know if i could broaden this discussion not to change the topic but you know this isn't the only uh really horrible regulation that the governor is trying to sneak through she's got another one that she submitted on the same day as this one that would allow her to mandate masks for anybody under any circumstance just because she wants to right so and you know and she seems to be completely oblivious to, to the, the lack of any kind of information that 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 shows that this is you know effective in any way that's sort of not even part of the of the discussion here hmm. uh she's also trying to expand how uh the number of of workers who have to get mandates, otherwise they're going to lose their jobs. That's another regulation she's going with. And another one, which has a lot of people scared, is that she wants to change the rules in New York so school nurses are going to be allowed to give out the COVID-19 shot. And the first thing you got to ask yourself is, well, why do they need that authority? Why do they need that power, right? So we've got this entire package of, of, of rules that were, you know, I mean, the, the the governor of New York has a huge amount of power anyway. They're almost an elected dictator. Mm -hmm. This takes it even that much further. And I think that goes back to what you were talking about, Robert, is people simply have to stop complying with this. You know, no, nobody ever complied their way out of tyranny, as they say. Right. right. And uh, they're like bullies. Like you give in, they just push more. Bullies only stop when you stop playing the game and you smack them in the nose. Yeah. I think where we're at. What what about the bill, John? And I thank you for that because I wanted to touch on that. But what about the bill that is now pending that would force all adult vaccination records into a state database? I mean, that's another situation, right? Because, I mean, it, it goes back in my brain. I'm not sure how people don't see, right? like you said, Robert, the um, irony and the similarities with our history in this, with as far as the Holocaust, as far as even slave passports mm -hmm. for, uh, for black people. You know, this is like modern day plantations and gas chambers. Like you're telling people that you're either back then it was if you're free, if you're not free, you weren't allowed to go certain places. You had to show your slave passports, right? Mm -hmm. You're free or not free, clean. And for the Jews, it was clean or unclean. And then you were designated and determined what would be done with you. And so this, this tracking 
system and putting vaccination our vaccination um, information into a state database. So are we just overriding HIPAA now? What happens to our um, our right to privacy? That just goes. And now what is this going to be used to track and find people? And then you're going to send authorities to the homes of people who are not vaccinated to pick them up, gather them together, to put them in a truck and then haul them off to some facility whereby they can be detained there until, and now what happens to the family? Because if I'm a mother and you come to my home and you take me out, where do my children go? So my children now become wards of the state whereby they can do anything with them. This is gonna be such a fallout and it's so serious and people have to understand the implications. That we, this is all of what, everything that's happening now was seen for those of us that always questioned, for those of us that were always critical, for those of us that are thinkers, for those of us that are quote unquote conspiracy theorists. Well, <laughs> a lot of theories are, are coming happened. through, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly what happened. And there's more to come. And so we have to get ahead of this. This is where the magistrate situation comes in because what's happening in the countries that are standing up and saying no, the, the people are listening. The truckers up in Ottawa are being magistrates. They are stepping in and saying, absolutely not. You're going to listen to us. And if not, then we're just going to shut everything down. And that's the point that we have got to get to in this country. Americans have got to, to rise up. They've got to put off, get rid of the comforts. They've got to give up this pretend there's a life that they think they have because it's all a facade because everyone's rights are going to be gone. Everyone's freedoms are going to be gone in a minute if we don't stand up and we don't step up and say, absolutely not. Governor Hockle has powers, but she only has powers as far as the people allow her to have powers. If the legislators are not doing what they need to do, like I keep saying, they need to go. They need to go. And the people have the final say. The people have the voice. And so we need to challenge now. We need to challenge once it's passed and we need to challenge afterwards. Trisha, is there any evidence of an uprising within the boroughs of New York City regarding uh, vaccine mandates to go to places or mask mandates? We've had the folks from Rocco's on. We've covered some other stories of, of restaurants that are not complying. Uh, is there any uh, uh, support for, dare I say, rebellion, but uh, appropriate and constitutional rebellion? Do not comply to things that are false authority or unconstitutional. Um, I think there are there are a number of restaurants that are rising up that are speaking up. But of course, you know, it's kind of like hush hush to a certain extent, because once they're identified, all of a sudden there are people that show up in their restaurants. Right. Harassing them. You have medical doctors that were trying to help clients and then their patients by, you know, giving them certain medications and things of that sort that are proven effective that are helping and just out of rumors i'm hearing doctors that I, I get calls from people just showing up at their practices that are acting as if they're coming there for um for services or to be treated but they're not you know so this is the kind of tyrannical behavior that is happening the bullying that is going on the mm -hmm. threats that are out there and that's why i say we have to come together we have to stand up we have to challenge every level every per entity that is involved in this we have to challenge them this is no time to step back this is no time to comply because like you say they think that compliance is consent or they're acting as if compliance right. is consent and they know that it's not but unfortunately when you are silent then you become complicit in that behavior you do give because you're not opposing it and we cannot afford for that to happen so there are up there are uprisings and i understand your need to be politically correct with your terminology but in our documents, the Doc Declaration of Independence, it says that if a government 
ceases to do, carry out its functions, which is to protect the people, the rights of the people. And if that government forgets that and fails to do it, then we have the right as a people to abolish that government and form a new one. So I understand that you need to be politically correct, but let me let me quote the yeah. documents upon which this country has been founded. You are foundationally correct. John, what, what's going on? Are we prepared to step it up in this in this time, day and time? Or are we going to look to our kids and they're going to look at us and say, why didn't you step it up, stand up, speak out and stop this from happening before it was too late? Well, you know, we have a lot of, of principled and courageous young people, particularly who are just basically getting arrested. They're 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 violating the vaccine passport. They're going into businesses and uh, demanding to be served. And when they're not served, they're refusing to leave and they're 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 getting arrested by the police. Right. And I mean, this is, I think, completely analogous to the lunch counter confrontation of the civil rights movement back in the 50s and early 60s. And I think it will be remembered that as way as well. And I think that's really important because I think it, it drives home to people just how how insane and how unjust this this whole uh, regime we have going here right now is. And I think that's going to continue. Uh, another thing that's going to go on is that on February 11th, that is the deadline for New York City employees to not only get the two vaccines, but I believe they also have to get the booster as well. And there's going to be thousands and thousands of employees being fired. And um, to uh, to protest that, uh, if you don't mind me giving a plug, there is going to be a protest on this coming Monday. Um, people are going to gather in Brooklyn at the foot of the uh, Brooklyn Bridge. And then we're heading over the Brooklyn Bridge into City Hall, which is just the other side of it, um, to protest basically this whole regime. Um, it's being organized by the firefighters. And I don't know if you recall, a few months ago, the firefighters had a protest. There was more than 20,000 people there. They were, you know, <clears throat> there was a big bunch of them in, in the city, stretched all the way across the Brooklyn Bridge into Brooklyn. And there was still a big bunch of them in Brooklyn as well. So um, there's there's ongoing actions of people just making it well known that they're not going to go along with us. And they're sort of putting their bodies in, in the place to, to make mm -hmm. that statement. Is this a time like no other in the history of the United States? Now, we've we've seen evidence that the United States and the governments on the federal and state levels some can sometimes or often violate the constitutional limitations on their uh, behavior or their powers. Um, we've talked about in World War II over time, the internment uh, camps for the Japanese during World War II. So it's not like it's unprecedented, much less experimentation on certain groups. You know, we talk about uh, the medical uh, and pharmaceutical takeover of the United States government and many Western governments to experiment on all of us, not just the Tuskegee Airmen, for instance, or other things, or just the groups of Tuskegee. I apologize. In that historical example, why, of course, certain segments of our population are least trustworthy or trusting of these medical authorities I, I don't know how anybody who knows history would be trusting these authorities at this point so you know where do we go but what you said trisha which is so profound and i'm not afraid to say it i'm glad you brought it up that we have to acknowledge that when the government becomes tyrannical and is out of control and that no amount of voting is calling them back to task on the constitution that the people of new york have to again civil disobedience non-compliance i think everybody's got to find a rosa parks moment and do not get on the back of the bus or don't get on the bus at all and let the bus just kind of go off into the uh, hudson river and drown if it's a hokal government bus absolutely absolutely we have to the 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 founding fathers knew that there would come a time where our federal government would have to be checked and that's why the system of government was implemented the way it was and this is the time 
This is the time and it is now. And if we don't stand up, it's unfortunate that we're here at this point of history in 2022, but it is also fortunate because what's happening is that the wool is being pulled off of a lot of our eyes. The government itself has used a number of different things, such as race, socioeconomic status, mm -hmm. things of that sort to divide and separate us in this society. I am not saying that there aren't issues within the, with those situations, but for the most part, it was used to divide us. Right. And now what's happening because of this tyranny, it has reversed because I'm talking to you. You're talking to me. I know John Gilmore. We are all together. There are people I see my brothers and sisters have has has expanded and we are now coming together because we are like minded, joined together. Our destinies are literally intertwined and reliant upon each other. This is a tyranny. This is a force, an invading force that has come into the community of everyone. If you are unvaxxed, if you are standing against the tyranny, we are all grouped together. It doesn't matter what your size, shape, color, religion, creed. It doesn't matter any of that. And so what they've done is they've pushed, they've caused a, um, a unification that they did not anticipate. And we need to take that and we need to run with it. Because of that, we are powerful powerful because they don't know who's on what side because we don't look like any one thing. We don't sound, we don't have one sound. The only sound that we have that's similar is that we are not going to comply and we are going to stand against the government. And we have to use this leverage that we have to come against them. Well, we must rise above the Hegelian dialectic that is being used against all of us to divide us. And they're attempting to do it even now. Uh, but it's, it's like a George Carlin moment we must, we must have. It's like it, there's a club and you ain't in it. I ain't in it. We ain't in it. They got it. And it's like Absolutely. you recognize that we're all coming together and finding our real tribe, which, again, defies all of the divisions of the past, religion, race, etc. And you realize it's a, 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 the thought, the, the, the principles of liberty coming together on that. And you expand your family to something that you would never have conceived of. But they're pushing us into it. So there's that positive side of the threat Absolutely. of tyranny waking the american people up all of us to say my gosh it isn't about the differences between us it's about those that control the government wanting to put their foot on our neck and keep us down forever and rob if you look at our history that's where this all the division started anyway right if you go back into our history the the, the planters elite that came here they realized that with us working together there was an issue right and the different people groups that were here were starting to realize that they held the knowledge, they held the power, they held the strength and everything. And so it was, no, we have to separate these people, otherwise they're gonna overcome us. And that's what happened. And so we have to, in 2022, we have too many resources ahead of us, too much information behind us to rely upon and to look at it and say, wait, this is the same thing that happened before. There were punch cards, there were slave passports, mm. and now we have vaccination passports? This is nothing new. This is nothing new and we have to stand up and speak up and definitely for our children because if we put the lives of our children into the hands of the the education system no have we not seen where that where that has gotten us to this day and i can speak and i challenge anybody i will challenge anyone because i have 24 years in the education system and i have four degrees and building so i challenge anyone on that mm. john well, you know, one thing I want to, a lot of people in New York right now are, are finding out about what's going on and they're very scared about it. There's, there's no doubt about it. But I want to I wanna uh, sort of reframe that a little bit if I could and, and put a different kind of light on it. The, they are doing this. The governor is doing this not from a position of strength, but a position of weakness. Okay. 
If they uh, had strength, they would have introduced the bills. They would have been passed the way they're supposed to be done in a constitutionally sound way and then gone ahead and do what they're going to do. Okay. They're sneaking it through as regulations because they couldn't get that done. Right. The, the, they know the people were against it and they know so many people are against it that even the legislators who, you know, basically do whatever's politically advantaged, advantageous to them have come to the conclusion it is not politically advantageous to themselves to go along with this program. So this is this is the governor showing the weakness of her position, right? Um, and, and because they're weak, we can beat them. I have no doubt about it. We just have to sort of keep on pressing and pressing and refusing to comply. I wanted to take off on that a little bit as well because these the vaccine passports that you hear about are pretty much just in New York City. And in large parts of New York City, people are completely ignoring them, right? You know, yes. uh, you'll see them in Manhattan. You'll see them like in, uh, you know, certain places, usually upper income neighborhoods, you see it. But in the vast majority of the flower boroughs, people are just going along with their lives. And out in outside of New York City, there are, you know, we supposedly have this rule that we're all supposed to wear masks. No one's really doing it. I mean, they'll sort of wear it sometimes in a store. But if, if, if you don't, uh, nothing happens. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the the governor came out with this rule. We haven't talked about this a little bit, but she she put it in about a mask mandate in public places about two months ago. Right. And she promptly had 37 county executives, 37 out of the uh, 57 in the state, told her we're not going to enforce it. Right. So that that is not what a strong governor. That's no. That's not what people do to a strong governor, right? So there's there's all kinds of weak signs of weakness on their mm -hmm. part. It's almost like they're puffing themselves up to do these things it's, to show tough. Yeah, the great Wizard of Oz. Do not mess with the man behind the curtain, or you know that's the thing. You'll find out how weak they are. That's a very good point, John. I appreciate bringing that up. Uh, but if if people are still paying attention, and I don't know who is, but apparently some are to what we call mainstream or legacy media, whether it be uh, New York State media or New York City local media, ABC, NBC, that kind of thing, uh, they have a completely different view of the world. They think, you know, the world is going to come to a collapse unless people mask, unless everybody gets jabbed. And yet the growth of new media, the growth of podcasting, of course, all the controversy over Joe Rogan simply asking questions of scientists who are not party to the narrative, the COVID narrative, uh, it, it's, it's changing. And I, and I think to your point, folks, they are weak. They are on the run, even though you don't see them running. The illusion is that they're standing strong. But we now have an opportunity to push back and succeed like never before because we, as Tricia, you point out, various groups that have never really cooperated with one another so regularly are coming together and recognizing we're all under the same threat. And, and so I ask for, the, for our New Yorkers in the audience, much less those in the surrounding states or anybody that want to help out, uh, Tricia, what can people do uh, to help at this point? They can. There are a number of things. For one, speaking out, compliance is their their strength is reliance upon our compliance on our compliance. Mm -hmm. That's what they depend upon. And I thank John for bringing that out because I always say we're winning. When you see them running around and trying to do all these different things and they're speeding up this agenda, it's because they're just chasing their tails because they realize people are waking up and speaking up. For one, you need non-compliance is it. Non-compliance, whether you're bringing a lawsuit because you have been um, turned or you're being required to comply with these um, with these mandates and vaccines, bring lawsuits. They can support 
attorneys that are fighting this because there are people who have lost their employment and a num there are some attorneys out here that are fighting like myself, but where there are a number of clients that don't have the means to bring a lawsuit, right? And attorneys are only, where we only have but so much, right? We can only take on but so many pro bono cases. So we need support in that, in that realm and get together, form think tanks and get together and, and build. This country was built. And so we have to get together and rebuild. And we have to figure out how to keep the good things that are happening in our country mm -hmm. and how to restore a sense of dignity, a sense of humanity, a sense of love, um, a sense of trust. And that depends upon the people. Reach out, support, mm -hmm. whether financially, give your time. We could, uh, there are attorneys who could use help with people who have skills. That would help because we need staffing. The more cases come in, the more things happen. And let us know if injustice is happening. Let us know if something's happening and show up at the rallies. Show up at these marches. Show up to make noise. Write and flood your legislatures. I'm sure John is going to speak about that. Call the governor. Write the governor. Flood the, the, the legislative offices with with and, and let them know. Email them. Let them know where you stand on it. Mm -hmm. Because our, we, the people, we are the strength. You know, we are the strength of this country. And so we have to use that. And we have the authority. And if I could chime in on that as well, you know, one thing I would like to say to people outside of New York you know, particularly in the free states, so like to, to characterize it, is just keep on fighting for your freedom where you're at. Make sure you keep it because that 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 shows the people in New York. It gives them an example that, you know, you, you can't have a state like Florida where people basically, uh, you know, are, are living uh, as as free people without these sort of ridiculous COVID restrictions. And our people go there. They see what's going on there. That changes their attitudes. You know, the example that, that you know, uh, a free society and fighting COVID are not mutually exclusive um, is a really, really important point that has to be made over and over again. And the, the sort of more free they become, the more isolated, and I think the more vulnerable, the, the tyrants like we have in New York and Washington, D.C., and California mm -hmm. and other places, it just really brings home um, how out of step they are with, with, with not only just basic American principles of, of, of governance and freedom and constitutionality, but how divorced they are from reality. Mm -hmm. so, so if you're fighting for, for your freedom where you are, that really helps us out. Uh, if I can put in another plug here, if you want to find out what's going on, a really good source, you already mentioned it earlier today, Robert, is subscribe to The Defender. Both mm -hmm. Trisha and I are affiliated with Children's Health Defense. And um, I'll give a little plug for New York as well. If you go to ny.childrenshealthdefense.com, org. Um, that's the New York specific page where you can get the details of what's going on here um, mm -hmm. in New York, right? Yeah, we really got to reassess uh, what we value because we've paid lip service to freedom as Americans in our lifetime. You know, we, we looked at the history. We were starting. In fact, you know, I think uh, my I'm a generation Xer and we were maybe the one of the last generations that actually taught some semblance of real history. After that, it becomes so co-opted and corrupted. And, of course, the younger millennial and then post-millennial generation got so hammered by a vaccine schedule that is un unfathomable uh, since the 1986 act that absolved the manufacturers of vaccines from any liability should their products injure or kill. 
And, and John, I know that you've said uh, you have a, a child that was injured by vaccines as well, so you know this well, and we were all considered a fringe group. Now the world knows of the right. danger of injections, and even those pro-vaccine doctors have to acknowledge now, and are even the vaccinologists themselves that develop the technologies as such are calling into question the legitimacy of the, maybe if not the entire paradigm, certainly really rethinking the idea of a one-size-fits-all approach. So there's some good things happening there as well. Absolutely. I mean, the emergence of the of the doctors particularly is is crucial. I mean, you know, uh, until COVID came along, the number of doctors who were willing to be critical of the vaccine industry, the vaccine program, as you well know, you know, you could count on a couple of hands, right? And they did it at, at extreme danger to themselves, as we've seen. But what COVID has done, I think it has brought out so many doctors, so many researchers, mm-hmm. people who have impeccable credentials that really can't be uh, attacked for any rational reason, that um, it's it's a huge change in the game. And I think it gives another reason why I think we should be hopeful mm-hmm. that uh, eventually we're going to be able to, to, to get on top of this. Yeah, Tricia, I also look in terms of the legal structure of medicine and how it's delivered in the United States. Uh, we do not have a free market for medicine, for healthcare. It does not exist. It's crony or phony capitalism, and it is it is as corrupt as any socialized system is. There is a, a number of options you had back in uh, you know Soviet Union or East Germany when it was occupied. You could have any color car you want as long as it was black, for instance, and you can have any treatment for cancer you want in America as long as it's chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery. This is not an American ideal, and our medical system, they're waking up to the collectivism that owns and controls it, that runs it. It's very much communistic in terms of its view of a one-size-fits-all scenario because there's not one drug that everybody should be on that's perfect for everybody, and, and most doctors will acknowledge that, yet they have been doing this one-size-fits-all vaccine thing because they were corrupted by their own indoctrination and education. Going back to 1910 in the Flexner Report that set the stage due to Carnegie and Rockefeller money to fund only those medical schools that were teaching patent petrochemical medicines and to eliminate the funding and legitimacy of homeopathy, of naturopathy, of chiropractic, of herbalism, etc. And yet those predate allopathic petrochemical medicine by thousands of years in many cases. And so... Part of the problem, I've argued, is that we have become so beholden to a pharmaceutical construct of medicine that we have become fearful of creation and nature and bugs and bacteria that give us, in fact, life. And so there's a lot more to this, but I've argued that our fear of the germ has facilitated something that we would have never fallen for if we were not afraid of germs. Well... No, John, go ahead. No, 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 John, go ahead. All right. I was just going to say, you know, you're, you, the, the timing of bringing this up is pretty good because right now in New York, we have what is called a, a single payer uh, health plan bill uh, sitting in Albany, the state capitol. Mm-hmm. And it has enough co-sponsors on the bill to pass if it ever gets to the floor. And basically what this would do is allow the state of New York to take over all health care in, in, in the state. And I think we all know that what that's going to mean is they're going to come up with their own algorithms. The algorithms are going to come directly from the most powerful economic and political players. And we're going to have even less choice of, of you know, what health care we're going to have access to. Uh, it's bad already as a phony free market, right? You do that 
and you know everybody has to become a receptacle for every shot every pill and that's all that's allowed in the state right. of new york and, and again this is tyranny is an understatement in this regard but ownership of our bodies is something right. that is given up when we have a single pair one size fits all quote-unquote not healthcare system but i would call it a disease creation and management system right i i like to call it the the medical services and products industry it doesn't mm-hmm. really have a whole lot to do with healthcare. But yeah. that's really what we have here. And, and you know, this plan that are coming up in with in 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 uh, in New York, uh, uh, they haven't quite figured out how they're going to pay for it, but they estimate it's going to cost about three hundred billion dollars a year beyond what the state is already paying. Just to start. Yeah. Now, the entire state budget is two hundred and ten billion dollars and they want to come up. They don't know where it's going to come from. Right. And. You know, I have a, a good friend. He is a liberal Democrat. He is a big, big uh, supporter of vaccine rights, however, because he has a vaccine injured son. And we've known each other for years, but he is very much a, a progressive, quote, Democrat. And we were talking about this bill. And I said, you know, OK, uh, let's say everything you say is true about the good stuff you say is about this bill. Uh, how are we going to pay for it? And you know what his answer was? Who cares? You know, which I think is kind of really illustrative of, of how they want to approach things. So it's it's all kind of part. It's all part of the same sort of beast. Right. Uh, they want to take over everything. They want to take over the services. Mm-hmm. They've pretty much taken over all the hospitals and doctors. And now they're in the process of taking over our bodies and also taking over our parental responsibilities. So it's kind of like this cancer that just keeps on growing, looking for new mm-hmm. tissue sort of corrupt yeah trisha any, lack, go ahead the lack of creation that you were talking about before robert has to do with the fact that they stopped teaching children to use their imaginations and to create in school yeah they took out the they'd stopped them from thinking right everything was compliance everything is compliance mm-hmm. state exams new york was big on state exams you read this passage and answer this question there's a rubric that's set if you fall within if your answers fall within this rubric on any you know level then you're finding or you're then you're given a certain level and so you are grouped as standard one or or you've met the standard level two or three or four and so teachers you're going to teach according to the standards that we're trying to meet and match forget mm-hmm. about free thought forget about um teaching children to think forget yeah. about um um teaching them to dream all of that went out the window and as people looked at it and didn't realize what was happening mm-hmm. we were training children to become pretty much robotic to just comply so, well, to sla- not, sla- you know. slaves to a system that deny their divinity that devi- Absol- deny their specialness in creation Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's what we're seeing playing out right mm-hmm. now. That's what's happening. Mm. You know, we've become a nation of algorithm followers. Oh, yes. Man. Yeah. And fear paralyzes us. Right. Yeah. It stops you from thinking. And then, like I keep saying, then they put these masks on you and shields. So now what do I do? I approach everyone from the perceptions that are in my own mind. I can't see your face to give me a smile to let me know that although I may perceive you as a danger, look, she just that person just smiled. They're not a danger. They're not, you know, they the humanity is gone, like you mm-hmm. said. They have dehumanized us, or they're attempting yeah. to dehumanize us. They haven't. It, it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. Some people are, you know, are have fallen, you know, yeah. prey to what's going on. But even a number of them that have, 
are starting to wake up and say something. This doesn't make sense. Something is wrong. Well, I think that they've already lost. They just don't know it. And the people that are desirous of freedom don't know that they've won. And I say that not so that you just give up and do nothing. But even if we gave up and did nothing, it would collapse in and of its own weight. For instance, John, as you pointed out, New York trying to pass a bill, a single payer scenario that cannot fathomably be, it can in any way, shape or form be paid for. We are seeing something in terms of our, our, our founders that warned us against centralized banks. Uh, the, the dawn of the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, setting the stage for the destruction of the Federal Reserve note dollar that is uh, rapidly losing value so that people, if they do not establish parallel options in terms of exchange, means of exchange, they're going to be left in debt and unable to buy anything. And this is going to apply to everybody that's not an you know uber wealthy multi-billionaire that has planned ahead for that. Uh, so we're dealing with something that is far larger than just the issues we've discussed, but it's all interrelated. And you're right. Fear is the thing that drives it. It controls us. It makes us do stupid things. Richard Pryor said snakes make you run into trees. If you remember Richard Pryor, it's like you're scared. Boom. You're not going to get out of there. You're going to run into a tree. So we've got to think clearly. We've got to think critically and we've got to reconnect to our divinity. And I know everybody's got different beliefs about that. But the reality is we are created in the image of God and the principles that God laid down for us include freedom of choice. In addition to life agency, is one of the greatest gifts that I have received that we all have, and we've got to basically begin to act as if we are free, or else it's not going to happen, right? We don't wait to get freedom given to us by government. <laughs> You'll be waiting for a long time, maybe forever, but you proclaim it, and Trisha, as you mentioned, the declaration, we declare it, and then we live according to that declaration. It's not enough to declare it. You now have to live according to the declaration, even as tyrants will tell you, no, that you can't do that. You Oh, yes, I can. Watch me. I am. And you guys are. And I appreciate you so much for being on board today, John Gilmore and Trisha Lindsay. You guys are awesome. Well, thanks thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. That's I mean, it's a, it's a great, I mean, I feel stronger in your presence. Yes. You know what? We, we build and lift one another up with this. And in hour two, guess what? We got my good buddy, Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center. And we're talking about another powerful concept. We've already referenced it. Do not comply. The power to say no. The power to basically nullify that which is unconstitutional at a federal, even state and local level via our actions, our behavior, our beliefs, and then accordingly living according to those beliefs. So, uh, Tricia, John, I hope this is not the last time you're on the show. First time's been great. Well, thanks. Really, really had a good time. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, well, pump it up for health, freedom, and healing, liberty, children's health, defense in New York and elsewhere, doing incredible work. And uh, thank you to Curtis Cost for connecting with us all together as well today. We appreciate that. And we're going to take a quick uh, pause at the top of the hour here so I can bring Michael Bolden in from the 10th Amendment Center and continue our discussion that has been so amazing and uplifting. And I'm, I'm ready to have a great weekend. In fact, we're going to create together not only a great weekend, but a great future for our kids and grandkids even before they get there. But it's up to us to do it and not cower in fear and wait that somebody else saves us, right? There's no such thing as a political savior, y'all. Don't wait for one. Be that. Be that freedom that you want to be for others, and then let them show, well, show them, in fact, that you can do it, and then they can do it too. Thanks for being here, everybody. God bless you. The power to heal is yours.
Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, y'all. The uh, second hour of the show heading into the weekend. I don't want this show to end with the with the Super Don. We had an amazing start to the show. I think Michael Bolden's going to be nervous to show up now after that because there was a lot of Tenth Amendment Center talk. Don't points. give him any ideas. No, you, no. I mean, how me. long have we been waiting for this? Right. Don't exactly. give him any, re- any excuses now. Michelle, well, I better put him on before he runs away. There he is. I see him. I see you, Michael. You're really here. <laughs> Michael Bolden, 10th Amendment Center. God bless you, my brother. I'm living in L.A., so I had to hold my breath. He was holding his breath. <laughs> oh, my God. Like Garcetti, I, I, I presume. That piece of garbage. What a great story that was. You know, sometimes, you know, when I'm doing show prep, it's, you know, the headline Mm-hmm. means a lot you know when you're just skimming through stuff trying to find stuff to oh, talk yeah. to you and that i mean how could you pass that one up you know yeah it was, it was caught not wearing a even... mask and his excuse was i was holding my breath it was <laughs> fascinating to see some of the kind of mainstream press say come on man you could have said something else the the complaint wasn't that Oh, he's just a lying piece of garbage, like basically all politicians. The complaint was he didn't use the more realistic or the less lying lie. Like, well, you oh, think he should have just said, guy... oh, I just took it off for one second and that was it. And then right. wave it around or something like that. They'd rather him tell a different lie than just tell the truth, which yeah. is rules for thee and not for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I Look, I, I'm just thrilled because I know the work you've done over so many years, Michael, has been amazing. I, I often called you the little 10th amendment center that could right uh, because it's like you look at what you've achieved and and i know you didn't do it in a vacuum I, although you'd like to think you did but oh. there have been people that have helped i lost your audio i lost audio are you can you hear me now super Don? Uh, no he's he's doing that on purpose because i'm praising him i think so Mm-mm. hello there's super don's back i can see that i'm good hold on we're gonna try and get him back Come as on, far we as need audio. more than five we need more than it. five minutes. Come yes, on. we need more than three <laughs> seconds. I was just praising I'm like, oh, you. Oh, sorry, I'm out of here. I thought you <laughs> were totally. What do you guys want to talk about? What do you want to talk? That last segment. I mean, I was in and out most of it, but man, yeah. so much good stuff. I heard so many things, like talking about how fear drives this. I just did on my own podcast, Path to Liberty, which I know you mention all the time. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I did an episode about how fear has all been the foundation of government power. Uh, I start with a quote on that talking about John Adams. He was called the Atlas of Independence as they were ramping up because he was the kind of the firebrand pushing for independence in 75 and 1776. And he had this great quote that said, fear is the foundation of most governments. I would just the only change I would ever make on that is remove the word most because it is the foundation of government power, whether it's a local regulation that you like or a federal regulation that you hate or vice versa. People don't want government to do anything unless they're afraid that when government doesn't do it, there's going to be a problem. So sometimes you may like the results, but the problem is the more that you allow it to do stuff, the less you should be surprised when it continues to do more and more and more. And today we live under the largest government in the history of the world. And the the, la- the last two guests were really awesome. But one thing that I've been hearing a lot lately, and I, it kind of stuck out, you know, think about maybe in another free state, for example. But I would make the case 
that there are no free states in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. None of them are anywhere close to that. And if we go back to the, the, the principles of the founding generation, the old revolutionaries, I often look to a guy named John Dickinson. He was known as the penman of the revolution. In 1767, he wrote a series of papers called Letters from a Farmer in Pennsylvania against the hated Townsend Acts. These are the most widely read documents on American liberty up until publication of Thomas Paine's Common Sense in 1776. And in one of those letters, he asked the question, well, who are a free people? What makes, like, how do we define what a free people is? Is it those people who just happen to be living in a place where the government is doing the right thing? He said, no, 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 no. In essence, and I'm paraphrasing because he was far more eloquent than I ever could be. He's saying, look, you're basically just lucky at that time. A free people is only a free people or only a free people when government is so checked and so kept in the limits of its power that it can't do anything else. Not that you just happen to have good rulers, uh, you know, over the top of you. Patrick Henry warned against that Mm -hmm. Uh, in 1788 in the Virginia ratifying convention, debating with James Madison over the Constitution itself. And he said, you know, show me that age and country where the people put the fate of their liberty in the hopes of their rulers being good men without a consequent loss of liberty. So if you're just relying on government to do the right thing, you're hoping to get the right people in office or the right judges or whatever, you're really a population on your knees begging Mm -hmm. for scraps rather than doing what Thomas Jefferson told us to do in 1774, which is a free people claim their rights as derived by the laws of nature, not yeah. as a gift of their chief magistrate. Should we talk about that kind of stuff? I love that kind <laughs> of stuff. That, that was my tweet this morning based on the picture in today's show I know, show I just notes. retweeted it. It's good stuff, my I, brother, good dude, stuff. Dude, uh, you know, I, I related it to the folks last hour as well, and uh, you know, people are loving you. They're like, they can't believe you're actually here, Michael Bolden. Just amazing. I'm not. This is a pre-recorded episode. What was, you know, what was that comment you made when I had Tom Woods on a couple of days ago? You said you, you really liked us as friends sometimes. What was that? What? What was the sometimes part of that? <laughs> I don't know. I say a lot of garbage in the chat. Uh, I wouldn't you, trust anything. I dude, you made me laugh. Fingers. And uh, thank you for being also, in addition to being super smart and, and knowledgeable about this history, is you, you make me laugh. I hope other people find you funny. Not funny looking, funny. But uh, either <laughs> way, both, we'll take I'll it. take it. We'll take it. <laughs> exactly. No, this is the kind of stuff I love to talk about. When you brought up. Okay, cool. Uh, the free state, right? Because that was made uh, the free state of Florida, right? Relatively speaking, you talk in terms of not, relativism, right? Not at all. Right. Not at all, relatively yeah. speaking. Florida yeah. is not a free state at all. Well, it is explain different that. things. Different things. So, uh, I mean, if we're talking about health freedom, actually, first, I think we should back it up a little bit. John Adams, 1775, 1776, he talked about, again, how do you actually remain a free people? Dickinson said, you know, okay, who are these free people? Well, Adams told us how to be a free people. And he said it was a Latin phrase, or still is, obsta principius. It means nip the shoots of arbitrary power in the bud. Arbitrary power is power that they're not authorized to exercise. So any act outside of the Constitution, whether it's state or federal, is arbitrary power. According to John Adams, again, Atlas of Independence, the man who told us that fear is the foundation of government or most governments, he said this is the only maxim, not just a good idea, the only maxim which could ever preserve the liberty of a people. So you have to nip the shoots of arbitrary power in the bud or you can't do it. So that's John Adams. 
John Dickinson, back to Dickinson again. He talked about this in response to the Hated Stamp Act. He advised the people at that time in 1765. He said, you have to refuse to comply. And I love that so many more people are picking up on this message. You have to refuse to comply. He said, if you comply with the act, you voluntarily, you needlessly rivet perpetual chains around your unhappy country. In essence, compliance is violence. Every time you participate in the compliance of a government act that they're not authorized to do, you are actually establishing that what uh, Dickinson called, he called it the detestable precedent. Because even Mm. if you think it's just a little thing, and that was his argument, he was saying some people were saying, oh, this Stamp Act isn't the worst thing on earth. Maybe we shouldn't risk our necks. Yeah, wearing a mask, it's not that big a deal. Not the worst. Not the worst, right? And It isn't the worst, but the fact of the matter is it's the worst when you think about the fact that power always seeks to expand. All the founders, all the old revolutionaries recognized not just that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's the one we all hear today. You have to have absolute power to be corrupt, absolutely. But the fact of the matter is any level of power in government's hands because humans by nature are corrupt individuals. Are all we've all got our own major problems, and people with power will always seek to expand that power. So every single detestable precedent, according to the penman of the revolution, would lead to another and another and another and another. And it's the first moment where people voluntarily put those chains around their unhappy country is when they lose their freedom. So we have to resist from the first moment. And when we're talking about other states and things like that, mm-hmm. no one's been resisting too much for very long, especially when we're talking about health freedom. If you think about many of the people on the right today who are rightly against health mandates, vaccine mandates and the like, mm-hmm. they were certainly in favor of government mandates against making personal choices using the cannabis plant very, for decades. Very and true, they were yeah. willing to wage wars in Colombia and Afghanistan to stop production and distribution. They were willing to establish a police state. They were willing to have all kinds of standards changed. They were allowed to have no-knock warrants. The idea that police can just bust into your house without even announcing themselves. This is hundreds of years of, of, of legal tradition mm-hmm. flipped upside down out of thin air by the Supreme Court in the 1980s. Why? Because they didn't want people to be able to flush drugs down the toilet. <laughs> so as long as you tell people that they can't make their own decisions in their own lives mm-hmm. and make their own risks in their own way, you shouldn't be surprised when other people in the future take that power and expand it in ways that you never thought they'd ever do against you. Michael, this is why you're so awesome and the Tenth Amendment Center is so great. Honestly, you, you shine this bright light on blind spots for, you know, those those folks that we might be more aligned with right now on the whole health freedom issue, the no vaccine mandates. And then, well, hey, remember when? Wasn't that long ago when y'all were like on the opposite side of Christy the free? Nam in yeah. South Dakota. She's mm-hmm. still doing this garbage to this day. She yeah. may be good. And I don't know too many of the specifics, but I know friends on the right cite her in South Dakota as being pretty good on the whole pandemic situation. But the people of South Dakota on a ballot measure voted easily to legalize marijuana. She has fought it at every turn, fought it in court, worked to overturn it. If you're going to be for people's choices on what they're going to put in their body or not, we have to be consistent because every mm-hmm. time a Christie does that or a Ron DeSantis does that on a plant 
<laughs> naturally growing plant, whether you want to use it or not, should be up to you. Whether you want to put a pharmaceutical product into your body should be up to you. They mm -hmm. shouldn't be able to steal money to prevent or force other people to do one way or the other. And unless we're going to be consistent, we should never be surprised that someone is going to come along like Joe Biden or Gavin Newsom or any of these monsters and make it just worse and worse and worse. And that's why John Adams's view is so important. You have to nip the shoots of arbitrary power in the bud. Mm -hmm. Or James Otis Jr., I did an episode on some overview of his life this morning on my episode of Path to Liberty because his birthday is tomorrow in history, February 5th, 1725. He's, in essence, the founding father of the Fourth Amendment. He really began the American Revolution with his arguments against the writs of assistance in 1761. Uh, we're, we're familiar with phrases like no taxation without representation. That's a James Otis-y type thing. But he also pointed out that an act against the Constitution is void. So as soon as they do something outside their authority, it's void in law. We have to treat it that way in practice. And Otis also said that if we don't resist at the first attack, it may soon be too late. And it's certainly in many ways too late in a lot of things, but we still have to, we have to do what's morally right. Yes. For me, we have to take a stand for liberty. We have to take a stand for the Constitution as the founders and ratifiers gave it to us, even if it seems insurmountable. I honestly am very cynical in the short to medium term, and people are often fascinated by that. Oh, you do all this work. You work 60, 70 hours a week sometimes. Uh, you were working for $11 an hour. I mean, years ago, I used to work for like $4 an hour when I did the math, working so hard because I love what I do. I believe in what I do. I believe it's my moral duty to do what I do. I believe it's all our moral duty to do the right thing even if the odds are totally stacked against us. My goal is I hope to see a little bit more liberty in my lifetime. And then when we get that, I want more and more and more and more. And even if I don't get that in my own life, I want to set the foundation and provide the tools and examples for people to use in the future. Dude, our, our tolerance for tiny bits of tyranny, just like the James Otis warnings, has set the stage for this experience of proclaiming they proclaim ownership over our bodies, you know, via yep. this mandated injection, et cetera, or for our children. And it's the, the proverbial death by a thousand paper cuts, but it's, it's tyranny by a thousand little tyrannies. And, and we have been too tolerant of this. You know, as I've been watching things like uh, there's been protests, in, I don't know if it's in France or Belgium or something, where a lot of parents are walking with uh, coffins and not, their little children are not in it, but children have died about mm -hmm. the, you know, the mandates. And I'm thinking, uh, it breaks my heart, but at the same time, how tolerant are you of people that are willing to kill your children, right? At what point mm -hmm. do you go, even, you know, the attorney, uh, Trisha Lindsay in, in our one, she went right back to the Declaration of Independence. I was yeah, like, yeah, I heard she thought that I was, was really tiptoeing cool. around it. I was like, oh, dude, yeah. She's this like, is no, no, we got to cite this. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is our first time on with RSB. Yeah, <laughs> and and this is the kind of thing that, uh even though they're trying to say that if you use that language, you're automatically a domestic terrorist in order to frighten us. What what is your uh, article? We have it linked up. Totalitarianism is always built on fear, always built on fear. It doesn't happen without fear. And so if they make us afraid to even talk about the concepts of liberty, much less the foundations of liberty that you do in, in your three times a week uh, video presentation, then, of course, we 
are now shut down and living and operating in fear. And then if we claim, if we proclaim, we really love liberty, we we don't enough. As I've said, yeah, until well, you want it bad enough, like your head, you want air because your head is being held underwater, you're not going to be willing to do all that is necessary to re, re, reclaim it, if you will, much less defend it again. I think the key point is it's not even just how much do we want it, but we also have to think about every time we don't do something about it we're making it worse and worse and worse. Samuel Adams, father of the American Revolution, literally said in 1771, he was writing in the, the Boston Gazette, which was in essence the mouthpiece for the Sons of Liberty at the time. Mm-hmm. And he said, if, if we suffer tamely a lawless attack upon our liberty, we encourage it and involve others in our doom. And he said, millions of yet unborn will feel this pain in essence. Every time you turn a blind eye, government thinks they can just continue doing what they're doing we i know you've talked about the real id act i've been telling uh my listeners and supporters like oh man you got to hear what rsb is saying about the real id act he always told me you know they're going to start using this as like a vaccine pack support and i would think to myself yeah that's possible <laughs> but uh, i don't know maybe i'm not even to think about that at the time i mean that sounds too far-fetched although it could be possible mm-hmm. and now if you think about how this type of thing is happening out of the patriot act we got the, out of the 9-11 which came out of imperial foreign policy and creating blowback we got a horrible terrorist attack which gave us the patriot act which gave us facial recognition surveillance which gave us the tsa and the real id act and the real id act now they partner with Clear, which is that fast pass program to get to the airport. And Clear is now providing services to, I think, Open Table for restaurants to check wow. your fast pass vaccine verification. This all comes to it all ties together. And if we've all seen the film V for Vendetta at some point in my life over my right shoulder, I've got a poster from that. And I know you know about the one where he's uh, standing the big three. Piece I still one day when you're not home picture. and I. I find out where you live again because you moved. You're not home. I'm coming for that. That poster is most <laughs> super Don wants it too. Uh, I forget where I was going with that. I don't even know where I'd put that. It's huge. Well, just we, snuggle it. Just yeah, snuggle it. <laughs> <with it. Yeah. laughs> my my wife might not appreciate that, but man, I had this great rampage and I lost my place. But anyways, you had to bring up V for Vendetta. Well. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> all your fault. I love you guys. Oh my gosh! No, we, we so, we've, we've been missing you and um, your path to liberty episodes. Just uh, every time, if I'm able to catch them, I just want everybody to watch. So I say, right, share it, share it here, here, here. You guys got to see this. And I haven't had anybody come back and go, dude, that sucked. I'll never watch that again. That's never happened, Michael. <laughs> never. I don't know. You're not what happened, Boring. but you're. I know. Right. So it really gets down to you have to actually. Be consistent in your principles. You mm-hmm. have to have a long-term vision. Oh, yeah, you can't t- blindly turn an eye to it. And V for Vendetta, he had this great speech. V, you know, he hacked into the, the publication of the media system. And he's like, you know, I know why you did it. You know, a fear of pestilence and disease and war. You Again, it gets down to fear. But once you do that, you empower them. And once mm-hmm. you allow them to do one thing, they'll continue to take more and more and more until all of a sudden you're like, uh-oh. How did this all happen? Where did this come from? It's amazing. And a lot of yeah. people I see who are good on, for example, the vaccine mandate, this public health situation, whatever, which is such a terrible term. But, you know, um, 
but so, so many people who are good on that are not connecting the dots. They're not putting it together. They're not recognizing that many of the things that they supported amongst their favored administration in the past has led to the state that we're in today. Yeah, for sure. Now, I've got to check in on, on something that uh, Thomas Woods brought up. Remember, the author of Nullification, Uh-oh. a good friend. And I Never don't know if you saw it. this, but he, he brought up that, you know, I was there with my son at the 1000 episode celebration for Tom and his po- uh-huh. podcast. And then he had a 2000 one. I couldn't make it. It wasn't down there anymore. But he said, of course, you were there. And there was a game show that was played. And then they decided to open it up to another group. And somehow you found your way on to the next game show panel. And you were even you were disqualified. It's like, how did you do that? Did he tell the whole story? I don't even think he knows the whole story. Probably well, I not. Mean, we we're playing. We we're playing a family feud kind of yes. insights. That event was amazing. There were about twenty five hundred people uh, in Orlando in a hotel and one of the Rosen centers that are there. It was incredible. We had a private early event that I participated in. I think I shook the hands and hugged about one hundred and fifty people in the row in a row. And if anybody's going to be getting sick from all the dangerous situation. <laughs> I still have, I, I'm like the most I've ever gotten in the last two years is like a little scratchy throat, maybe once or twice. Like, uh, so that should shine a light on how dangerous things are, but not to, I know people are getting ill. My great friend, Mike Meharry is sick right mm-hmm. now. I mean, I just got an email from somebody. We can recognize that people are getting ill, but they're being told that the only way to deal with illness is more pharmaceutical products. And remember when the left used to tell us how bad big corporations were? And now all of a sudden, that's all they love. If it comes from a big corporation, that's the only thing that you can do. And any homeopathy or any natural healing. Mm-hmm. I saw an article in a technology publication, I think ARS Technica this morning, that was railing on Gwyneth Paltrow for she's horrible. Joe Rogan is just an example of why we didn't, what what we did wrong with Gwyneth Paltrow has been uh, pushing this uh, hocus pocus homeopathy garbage. I didn't even realize that's what she was doing with her, with her company for years. And we should have stopped it back then. And maybe they recognize mm-hmm. the converse of what I'm talking about is that power always also will grow and grow and grow but liberty can also grow and grow and grow the more that people actually do what they believe in do what they love regardless Mm. of what the establishment uh wants them to do the more that we can have some wins on the board dude you remember the you know doing the nullification tour and you invited me to speak at a number of them and of course i'm a liberty guy you knew me that's why you invited me and yet when i talked about things like homeopathy or natural medicine there Mm -hmm. were some people that like in the libertarian crowd that were going Oh, now you went there. No, you can't go there. And I I think that what's happened or is what's happening because of the so-called pharmaceutical mandates that libertarians that had a blind spot too it's not just conservatives, Republicans, and and, uh, that they are now seeing not necessarily only what I said, but others have said and applying it now to an area where they said, oh, no, it doesn't apply here. Right. We always have these exceptions to the rule. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, but we what else can we do? I think we can. I mean, what do we have, like 30 minutes? Do we have yeah, to do a break? Great. Yeah. What, what else can we do, Michael Bolden? <laughs> you mentioned nullification, right? I did. As as we're getting into things. And although the power of government grows like a cancer, I believe John mentioned, that's also what John Adams was talking about when he said, nip the shoots of arbitrary power in the bud. He says, you know, the growth of government, government, uh, the attacks upon our constitution are like a 
cancer. They eat us at us faster and faster every hour. But turning things around is kind of the same thing. I've already talked about how he said, nip the shoots of arbitrary power. Dickinson said, uh, you know, refuse to comply with the act. I'm wearing a t-shirt of the great Mercy Otis Warren. She said, resist the first approaches of tyranny. But the father of the Constitution, the James Madison, we give him that name. That may not be the raw, right term for him, but he told us that when the federal government oversteps its authority, People are supposed to do four things. Not one of them included vote the bums out. Not one of them included march on Washington, D.C. And not one of the things that James Madison told us was sue the federal government in federal court to restrict federal power. I mean, if I have trouble with my Apple computer and I can't figure it out on my own, I go to Apple to tell me, what am I going to do to resolve this problem? So if I have problems with enforcing the Constitution, I think one of the best people to go to is James freaking Madison, who told us what we're supposed to do. And he told us specifically on the state, local and individual level, you need to have governors that are a outspoken against the federal program in order to bring people to the cause. We are seeing that at least on vaccine mandates, on the COVID scenario in some states. We need governors to speak out. The people have to be pissed off and refuse to cooperate with officers of the union. We mm -hmm. need states using what Madison called legislative devices. In other words, banning the state from helping the federal government. He said if a number of states took this approach, this would be a scenario where the federal government would be hardly willing to encounter it. They wouldn't be able to overcome this if the people in the state said no. And mind you, this was in 1788 when the size and scope of the proposed constitution would, was so tiny in comparison to the largest government, the largest empire in the history of the planet that we live under today. It would be unrecognizable. Today, they tell us what kind of plant we can grow and consume in our own home, how big our toilet can be, what kind of light bulbs we can have, whether or not we can defend ourselves, our home and our property. I mean, this is a monster state. And mm -hmm. Madison said, refuse to cooperate with officers of the union. So we're starting to see more and more of this. We've been tracking this through our nullification movement report every single year at 10th Amendment Center.com slash report. We just updated it for 2021. It's a 148 page free download. It's not one of those where you have to leave your email or anything like that. People should just go to 10th Amendment Center.com slash report, all spelled out, and they're going to get a free, awesome ebook that we've put years and years into working on and improving every single year. And there, the first like third of it talks about the strategy from the founders and the old revolutionaries and how to stop government power when government refuses to do what it's supposed to do, which is constantly. Mm -hmm. And then the second two thirds of it talks about, well, how is this being implemented today? And the fact that it's two thirds of 148 pages tells you there's a lot of stuff happening. There are, I mean, we can go back to cannabis, for example. The federal government at every level, Congress, the executive branch, and the Supreme Court all holds that this plant, I think this is National Hemp Day today, isn't it? I, I don't is I it, don't know. Is it Hemp I'm Day? I'm pretty certain it, today is National Hemp Day. Well, if Not it is, Cannabis 420 Day. I'm just checking. Yeah, awesome. They're my, my organic. We can think about how I think CBD and hemp products are a great example of nullification in practice and yeah. effect. We know that uh, former President Trump signed a farm bill, which had a lot of socialist garbage in it, but also had the silver lining of on a federal level 
removing hemp products, so therefore CBD, from the DEA scope. So in essence, kind of decriminalizing it. But the fact of the matter is that didn't happen just because Congress was suddenly just awesome and deciding to do the right thing. It happened because 17 states had already legalized it despite the fact that the feds wanted it to be illegal and they were making it impossible to enforce. We also now, with Mississippi just this week, of all places, Mississippi just legalized in a very narrow way medical marijuana. So a health choice of a plant. If someone wants to use it in Mississippi in the next six months or so, they'll be able to finally start doing that. That's 37 states where people, millions and millions of people live in jurisdictions in states where they're doing things that the federal government says they can't do no matter what, that the Supreme Court in Mm -hmm. 2005 written the majority opinion by Justice Scalia, the supposed constitutionalist, said if you grew six cannabis plants in your backyard, you consumed them in your own home, you never bought or sold them. This was somehow interstate commerce. And you know what? When the Obamacare decision came up, Mm -hmm. the Obama administration used Justice Scalia to defend Obamacare because these are partisan hacks. Anyway, so 37 states are defying Washington, D.C., and that tells us that when enough people say no to the government and enough states or local communities Mm -hmm. pass laws to back them up, there's not much the feds can do to shove their so-called laws, regulations, or mandates down our throats. This is the power of no, and I'm so happy to be hearing people all over the place saying you're not going to comply your way Mm -hmm. out of tyranny. Yeah, We've been using the message of refuse to comply and nullify for years. So this is that to me, and I know you call it a silver lining, and of course, mm-hmm. in every terrible situation, we have to hold on to that silver lining and try to build on it. That's our foundation, and it is good to start hearing people do this. I just try to urge them to do it on more things. Right, correct. And, and you know, I, I try to do and have for many years find where I was told I had to have permission as an adult to do certain things to yep. say, no, no, I don't. In fact, I'm not asking for permission where none is required and it's almost never required right outside of when I grew up as, as a kid mom and dad said, yeah, you got to ask for permission, but um, I had pretty liberal parents, so I didn't have to ask for a lot of permission. Maybe that set the stage for this, Michael. I'm not sure. But I, I, I remember to nul- Catholic parents. So I, I was always had to ask for, for permission. So yeah. it definitely set the stage for what I did. Right? I, I didn't, I didn't have to rebel. I was already rebellious. My mom oh. uh, it, it was and is rebellious and I appreciate lovers for that. Yeah. My mother once told me years later in my early twenties, I said, you know, why did I never had a, have a curfew mm-hmm. like my older brother and sister? She said, and I'm not sure if this is exactly how it played out, but my memory tells me that she told me, you know, we knew that if we gave you a curfew, you'd never follow it, but we knew all your friends had them. So we pretended to let you think that you were free <laughs> or something. <laughs> Those wow. Lines. Do you want to hear about legislation that's pending? This is the time of year. So we yeah. do all this nullification work. I told people to go to 10th amendmentcenter.com slash report. State legislatures are primarily in session from January through around May or April. Some states are every other year. and That's better like Texas and Nevada. Nevada and Montana. But like if we're talking about health freedom issues, vaccine mandates, there's some legislation that I think people should be aware of. You you want to get into that or nah, I'm not interested. Okay, cool. No, well, definitely want to get into that. But I do want to pause for a moment because okay. uh, I want to I have to say thanks to those, you know, and I remember well the first time I heard you speak, 
It was like blah 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 weed blah 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 weed. No, it wasn't like that. I was I was riveted. It's still that. But no, what was so funny about that is when you ask an audience, you know, where's for instance, where's the evidence that uh, this thing called nullification and the Tenth Amendment is working? One word you'd say, and you and you'd play it out, and maybe it's in my own mind how I heard it, and then you'd say weed, and I just it it caught me off guard. I was like, that's really. Not only is it funny, but it's appropriate because even back then when it wasn't 37 states, it was a significant number of states that had begun to say no to Washington. You don't have Mm -hmm. the authority to stop our people from utilizing a plant, for instance. And of course, there are others on the other side of the equation that didn't like weed that recognized the 10th Amendment was important for, for instance, to push back on limitations on the right to keep and bear arms. Right. Right. Firearms. Not many. Not many. But You're we're right. seeing and, more and more of that today, though. We yes. are actually seeing those sides come closer together, more from the right being more accepting of cannabis than the left being, being accepting more. of the right to keep and bear arms. But right. 20 years ago, if anyone had told you that Mississippi and Alabama and Missouri and Utah would have any level of legalization for cannabis, you would have said, you're nuts, dude. So if that can happen in that direction, I believe if people on the right take the same approach and have the same fortitude and perseverance that Samuel Mm -hmm. Adams said, we should never, Mm -hmm. you know, just be satisfied with the efforts we've already made. We can actually show them that the more that people are exercising their natural right to keep and bear arms, the better and safer society will be. I think some people on the left can actually learn that as well over time. All right. Sorry, it, I interrupted. No, absolutely not. It's great. And, and, and we have uh, issues, discussions about economics, right? The yep. monopoly on money, right? The Federal Reserve has been, and it was a big rallying cry of the Ron Paul revolution and the Fed mm-hmm. and the Fed. Now we're seeing a rapid destruction of the monetary system, maybe faster than any time in our lifetime, mm-hmm. outside of the uh, hyperinflation, almost in terms of early 70s, the oil stuff that happened. And uh, my son, who works with the Goldbacks, just uh, sent me a text and he said, don't talk to that Michael Bolden guy. No, he didn't say that. He, he said, <laughs> I love him. He said, he loves you. He said, guess what, dad? They're stopping the uh, stamping of the penny in 2023 because the yeah, destruction of the monetary more. system is so yeah. it's untenable to even produce pennies because they're worth yeah. so even not copper. They're worth so much more than the so-called penny or dollar, etc. So we're seeing other things in terms of nullification on the state level via even states that are reestablishing gold and silver as a legal tender to give options, recognizing that we're going to need those options and innovations in the marketplace. Oklahoma, there's a uh, gold and silver, the gold and silver legal tender act. I forget the bill number. I think it's House Bill 4138 Mm -hmm. pending in West Virginia. That's up for maybe a committee hearing in the next couple of weeks. So we're starting to see that. And the more that people use systems, I mean, whether it's health freedom or any part of our life and i love that you always talk about gold back it's goldback.org i think right well they, um, they have a in fact we have a link to be able to get them the united precious metals association you can set up an account alpine money alpine gold metal. and you yeah, can alpine you gold. can set up an account so you can actually have an account and and exchange and trade even without consequence because it's within that uh, membership association which is brilliant right and so look into that and i've got it linked up we have a link i'm just showing everybody that link you can uh, sign up if you don't have an account it's absolutely free get started 
started there. I'd love for everybody to look into that. And also, there are various sellers or resellers of these gold backs, and people are using them around the country, even though technically, they're, the, right now, they're printed in legal legal tender if you will in utah nevada and new hampshire but more states are coming online uh with the legal tender uh legislation at the state level because they recognize even if they're big fans of federal reserve notes those the days of those ferns are numbered based on well the destruction of the monetary system based on unlimited printing for instance so we have links to both of those things defy the grid is selling them at a very good price too Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. Should we get into some of the legislation like on vaccine mandates? Yeah, please, please. Yes. Okay. So in New Hampshire, there's House. So the bills that I'm talking about, there's three states so far. And again, we're at the beginning of the 2022 legislative session. There are three states that are have legislation to ban the use of state and local resources to help enforce federal vaccine mandates. Now, I know a lot of people think after the two Supreme Court opinions came down that uh, everything's good, right? I mean, at best, it was partially good. We can take the one positive thing, but it was also partially very bad. And I am very confident. I've started to see some news reports that OSHA is going to make another go at this. Basically, the problem was under the 1970 OSHA Act, they're saying it didn't authorize them to do what they did. So if Congress changes its mind, then it's okay. So in essence, Mm -hmm. whether it happens today or five years or 50 years, the Supreme Court is basically taking the position that if Congress decides to make it expressly authorized in the OSHAC, they can do this, even though the founding generation, Chief Justice John Marshall, who most constitutionalists today would think is a monster, he specifically told us in the 1820s in an opinion in a a Supreme Court case, he said, health laws of every matter were outside the purview of federal power under the Constitution and are matters for the people of each state, however they want to do it. And Mm -hmm. if the biggest big government guy of the time pretty much from the founding generation along with Hamilton is saying that health laws of every description are outside the scope of federal power and then what do we have today they're all just saying well if congress authorizes then it's cool <laughs> we've got a serious problem on our hands so we yeah. do need to do what James Madison told us work on the state and local level to ban the use of resources because the federal government cannot implement or enforce almost anything. In fact, the National Governors Association in 2013, during one of those fake shutdowns, they were freaking out. Why? Because they told us that states are partners with the federal government on most federal programs. And of course, the dirty little secret, none of the supporters of the monster state want you to know is that partnerships don't work too well when half the team quits. So in New Hampshire, (laughs) House Bill 1455 would ban the state from participating in enforcement of any federal vaccine mandate. Minnesota House file or House Bill 2691 would do the same thing. In Alaska, House Bill 263 would expand on current law. There's already a current law in in Alaska that bans the state, I believe, from implementing real ID and also enforcing some federal gun control. And they want to add to that also enforcing federal vaccine mandates. So I think that type of legislation is incredibly important. While people can breathe a sigh of relief some people can breathe a sigh of relief for not having to go through an ordeal, either running a business or working somewhere of having to show Mm -hmm. uh, some kind of vaccine passport just to earn a living and to eat and pay rent. You got to start doing something now because they're coming back for more. And it may 
be tomorrow, but they are coming back for more and they're going to relentlessly keep coming back unless we build a firewall around that. So I think that's incredibly important, at least on the vaccine mandates. But there's also legislation, uh, for example, in Michigan, I think there's a hearing on it on mm-hmm. February 10th. They already have a, and I know you talk about this, Robert, uh, the Right to Try Act, where there's a narrow scope of people being able to use some are partially unapproved stuff right yeah 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 yeah. if you're in a life-threatening situation so they want to expand the right to try act in michigan with house bill 5637 let me look Mm -hmm. 56 house bill 5637 in michigan and this would allow any doctor on their own decision to take any off-label medication and use it for covid treatment if they want to mm-hmm. i mean so why well, there's a few of those out there that people are saying maybe it's they a, can try step. this yeah yes so it's a small step but every small step as thomas jefferson told us in a letter to his great friend the reverend charles clay he said the ground of liberty is to be gained by inches for mm-hmm. it even takes time to convince men of what is for their own good so every small step yeah. is incredibly important. So the right to try act, a small potential expansion in Michigan. We also see legislation to decriminalize raw milk. Every time we talk about this kind of stuff, I always want to talk about raw milk because I'm ashamed when I look at some of these red states that still make it completely illegal. So oh, in a place God. like Missouri, Missouri of all places, you should be able to get raw milk wherever the heck you want. But right now you can only... I mean, it's still positive. You can get it direct to consumer. You can go to a farm and you can purchase raw milk, but you can't go to your local store. So for many people, that's very inconvenient. Meanwhile, here in uh, the the warm tyranny of Southern California, I can walk down the street and buy raw milk, raw kefir, raw cheese, what raw whatever, whenever I want. I guess we had enough hippies here that were still consistent in the 60s yeah, or something, something like that before they the flipped the down. switch. Yeah. So there's a legislation to decriminalize raw milk in Hawaii. In Missouri, I brought that up because there's a bill, House Bill 1977, would legalize retail sales of raw milk in Missouri. That one already passed out of committee, so I think that one has a chance, House Bill 1977. In New Jersey, of course, uh, you had uh, Lynn on recently, right? Um, Who was with the Raw Milk Freedom Riders years ago. What was her name? Oh, yeah, Liz. Liz Reitzig. Liz. Yeah. Liz. She was on uh, a little while ago. Maybe it was a couple of months now, but yeah. Yeah, okay. I feel like it all, but so uh, one of the big things they were doing was they were going to buy raw milk in Pennsylvania where you can, and then riding it across the state line into New Jersey where it's illegal and then drinking it in front of the, the, FDA. the, the we Capitol. Did that. And then they had signs up that said, I drink raw milk, arrest me. Of course, no one did because that would be a really bad look, but it's, they certainly want to stop that from happening. So assembly bill 950 in New Jersey would legalize some sales of raw milk there. Mm-hmm. There's another bill in West Virginia, house bill 3192. Yeah. So there's a lots of little interesting things that are happening along with efforts to expand on the nullification of Mm -hmm. uh, federal cannabis Mm -hmm. prohibition to nullify federal vaccine mandates and the like. Yeah, in Utah, I'm hearing about uh, 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 banishing vaccine passports as an option, right? There's legislation on that front. Also, genetic integrity, so you can't be experimented upon with even injections that can alter DNA. So there's some really interesting movements, even in states that have become so corrupted by pharma, you know, because in red states they have as well. Uh, Look, part of the the fundamental philosophy of uh, libertarianism for some of us that recognize it is this uh, non-aggression principle, you know, to not engage in violence, use force or fraud and deception 
to get, you know, you want them to live how you want to live. And we're seeing some shifts in consciousness out there. Super Don, do you have a, a little uh, audio clip of uh, Shaquille O'Neal? Shaq used oh, to play I for the saw this. used to play for the Los Angeles Lakers and other other yeah. teams in the NBA. And you know, many of them have been outrageous in terms of how dare Kyrie Irving and other athletes not get vaccinated yeah. and stuff. But Shaq got the principle right in this uh, interaction. Go ahead and play this audio clip, and uh, you can read it on online too. Look, I encourage everybody to to be safe and take care of your family. I do. But there's still some people that don't want to take it. And you shouldn't have to be forced to take something that you don't want. So I don't think people are being forced to take. Well, there are some. There are. I mean, listen, we have a mandate at CBS. That's forced. We have a mandate at CBS. But my but my point. That's forced. But where I wholeheartedly. That's forced. No, it's not forced. It is forced because if the man don't take it, the man will get fired. Dude, I mean, that's. Shaq is on on this, and he just wouldn't back down, even as this lady, I don't know who that was, trying to go, oh, but it's not force. People don't understand that that mandates and prohibition. You know, it's close. No one's coming to shoot them. And so you're creating an environment. I mean, so I get the point. You're creating an environment where someone has to choose mm-hmm. can I eat? Can I care for my family? Right. That's as close to force it's, as you it's can violence. Get. It is. Well, if they don't get their way, we can be certain they will ramp it up to the next level. They mm-hmm. will do use government agents to do what they want to do. And that's yeah. why it's so essential to ban the states from helping because mm-hmm. OSHA, for example, does not have an enforcement capability. It would take them for the 7 million businesses in existence. Mm-hmm. OSHA has been talking about this for years. It would take them 160 years to investigate every business under their jurisdiction one time. So mm-hmm. it's absolutely impossible for OSHA to enforce any kind of type of workplace vaccine mandate. It's totally impossible. And then if the states say we're not going to participate in this as well, no matter what they pass, it's not going to it's not going to make anything happen. It'll just be garbage on paper. Yeah, one of the medical freedoms we we've, meetings we've been having each week, and I've been meeting with more and more doctors and nurses of the allopathic variety. And we're all getting along famously now. It's amazing. And one of those meetings. A guy came, hey, do you mind if I sit in on this meeting? We're like, who are you? You with the CIA? He's like, no, I'm with OSHA. I'm like, what? You're with OSHA? And and he was totally in with what we were saying. He's like, yeah, you guys have been talking about cooperation with the federal OSHA because he was the state level OSHA. He's yeah. like, they can't get anything done if we don't want them, if we don't want to do it, period. Right. I mean, to confirm what you're saying from somebody in OSHA on a state oh, level. That's amazing. Acknowledging that. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Now, one of the things that I want to remind everybody about the 10th Amendment Center dot com, they have a support system uh, that you can as little as what, two bucks a month. You can say thanks for all the effort and, and, and help uh, Michael and the crew continue their great works. And of course, share the Path to Liberty episodes as you see them. Uh, various uh, outlets that carry it. You know, we're trying to keep up with uh, what Michael has shared with us about how to get the word out. Yet we are, Michael, not you know so much, but we are the Robert Scott Bell Show, the, the best kept secret in health talk media still after all these years. And I thank you, Michael. Every know. time Kevin's turning that around, Kevin is doing amazing work, but you are oh, too. Man. And I, every time I hear some, some of our listeners go, Hey, did you hear Michael Bolden mentioned you again? I'm like, Oh, that Michael Bolden. He's such an angel. Uh, I don't know if he's going to alienate his own audience, but God bless you for doing that. And super Don, I saw a comment in our chat room at robertscottbell.com slash listen, uh, from, uh, Tess Walsh. Do you see that one? Super Don. 
Yes. It was it was one of those comments that it confirms what we've been saying about it. And I'm like, how did this person find us? And, and you want to read that uh, little <laughs> comment there? Tess says, I'm new to Dr. RSB. I've followed Mercola and Health Ranger for a while. I have no clue why I had missed RSB. <laughs> I am blessed that my life partner is on board with my natural leanings. He has built me raised beds and fully supports my gardening obsession. So she found us, I'm going to guess, maybe because of uh, the, the first hour guess. I noticed maybe. we had actually quite a few people that were watching during that interview. Because of Children's Health Defense? Well, my bowling came on, and now we only have three. But well, what happened? Was like, I mean, no, was everybody like, was yeah. excited, I thought. Boring. <laughs> oh. But anyway, Tess, thanks for joining us. Uh, and I, I, I've always been about organics, including agriculture, right? Gardening. And yes, I do. And yes. from raised beds and to hugel culture and everything, burpees too, right? Uh, yes. I, I just maybe we I'm too into organic. I don't believe in artificial fertilization. So it's like that's why we haven't paid anybody to tell everybody about us. And that's maybe that's on me. Right. I'm too cheap or we just didn't have the funds. But the organic growth is something that is sustained, I believe. Right. When yes. you find something that you really believe in. And of course, those that have connected with the 10th Amendment Center in Bolden. I rarely have people going, you know, that Bolden, he, he sounded good for a while. I'm tired of him. I'm moving on. I, I, I think so people, inconsistent. Pe yeah, exactly. The inconsistency <laughs> got me. That's, blah, 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 weed, blah, right. blah, blah, weed. Exactly. Oh, no, but that's the point of where people, I think, are discovering this because they're looking for consistency and principled stances, even at the risk of calling out some of their precious beliefs about their own side. You know, whether it's a yeah. side Republican or whatever. And Bolden, you have gotten the ire of people on the left and the right, even every day, whether it's Twitter or other, because you're consistent and they don't want yeah, to self-reflect. No, if I don't, it's probably, you know, they used to call me uh, back when I was opposing the, the wars under the Bush administration. They would say, you know, move to Cuba, commie. And then when Obama got in, they did a, a profile of me at the Southern Poverty Law Center as a leader of the radical right. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even though I talk about weed and stopping war and ending surveillance and all this stuff, it just they don't like things that challenge the status quo. They don't like things that challenge their power structure. And I think the notion of refusing to participate refusing to comply and mm -hmm. nullifying is really something that they can't do anything about so again if enough people say no to a prohibition on a product like mm -hmm. a cannabis plant and then you get a bunch of states doing it and it doesn't even matter if the supreme court says they can't like they did in 2005 it continues to grow and grow and grow and my puns today are intended <laughs> well done well done well, Michael Bolden, we've waited far too long for you to be on this show, even though I'll I see you next year. They see the under. No, not next year. No, don't do that to us. Uh, now, I know you've got a hard stop at the top of the hour. We're about do. we're about over for our uh, broadcast. It also goes out to UK Health Radio, but it's only a 60 second pause. Okay, so I can do four point two. I'm, I'm holding on to you to the last show. very last second Deal. because Deal. we got we got stuff to talk about. I don't know what it is, but we're going to talk about it. After we come back from this, thank you all for being here. Again, thanks to our first-hour guests from Children's Health Defense. They were actually terrific. I mean, I really enjoyed having them on. Uh, John Gilmore and Tricia Lindsay, first time on the show. And uh, they stole Michael Bolden's thunder, but he showed up anyway. Good good on you, Mike. Uh, love you, my brother. Thank you, Super Don, for making it sound so good. And all you guys and gals and y'all that are new, share the show. We can't do it without you. Thank you for being here. The power to heal.
is yours. 